It's a great day to live for Jesus. This is the In the Word podcast with Pastor Mike Grover, a chapter-by-chapter devotional journey through the New Testament where we will browse the background, discover the doctrine, and practice the principles of God's Word for us today. Today in the Word, we're in Mark chapter number 12. And Mark chapter 12, parallel with Matthew 21 and Luke chapter 20, just kind of a little bit of background. Remember, this is the Passion Week. Starting in chapter 11 and verse 11 in Mark's Gospel, Jesus entered into Jerusalem for that really final week before his crucifixion. And so in this chapter, um, Jesus is really calling out the hypocrisy and the misplaced values of the religious and civil leaders um, in Israel among the Jewish people. He opens this chapter talking about the parable of the tenants. And this parable really, it's a rebuke on how the religious leaders time and time again in the history of their nation had rejected God's servants and had really taken their own path and their own values in the place of God's path and God's values. Why is that? Because they never really captured the heart of God. They just kept missing it and they kept missing it. It's like the the parable or the story of the prodigal son. You got the older brother who's really mad because the dad was so kind to the son and he said, you've all, you know, and the, the, uh, the um, older brother was angry because he was, in, a, in his mind, he was so much better than the prodigal son. Why would the father lavish so much attention on him? And in that story, the father says, hey, I, you've always been here with me, but I'm rejoicing that he's come back. Well, that older brother represents the kind of heart of the Pharisees, the heart of the religious leaders. Man, they felt like God, you know, should be lavishing praise on them because they were so good, but they never really saw the true heart condition of where they were. So Jesus is dealing with this, the parable of the tenants. Then he talks about the rejected stone, how Christ, the Messiah, is the rejected stone. And obviously he gets a rise out of these leaders and they start trying to catch him off guard. And the chapter's kind of this back and forth tit for tat and they're trying to catch Jesus in this thing and in that thing and the Pharisees are involved and the scribes are involved and the Sadducees are involved. And so you got this kind of back and forth between Jesus and the Pharisees. And then right in the middle of this chapter, it almost seems like it's a very odd place for it to go. Um, In the middle of these circumstances, it talks about Jesus going into the temple to teach about himself to them. Look at Mark 12, 35. And Jesus answered and said while he taught in the temple, how do the scribes say that Christ is the son of David? For David himself said by the Holy Spirit or the Holy Ghost, the Lord said to my Lord, sit on my right hand until I make your enemies your footstool. David therefore calls uh, himself calls him Lord. And how is he then his son? And the common people heard him gladly. So Jesus quotes Psalm 110 and verse 1 to assert his authority as the Messiah not just over the religious leaders of that day, but over one of the most revered figures in the whole history and ancestry of Israel, King David. 
Man, everyone revered King David. Everyone looked up to him. Everyone saw him as the prestigious one. And Jesus takes David's words to show them that the Messiah is actually greater than David because what was the common teaching of that day? That the Messiah was the son of David and in a sense he was, he was his offspring. But when it came to uh, spiritual authority and position, David even called his son through the flesh, Lord in the spirit. So he said um, to his Lord, so Jesus pulls this out, and, and I imagine that, man, this just made the Pharisees, this just blew their last fuse, right? And they're just pulling their hair out in hatred toward Jesus, which is going to culminate in his execution at the cross. But what is so cool to me, in verse 37 at the end, one of my favorite verses over the years in Scripture, it says, and the common people heard him gladly. Seems out of place in the midst of this chapter where he's going back and forth with the religious leaders. But I think it's once again God not letting us get so lost in the arguments with the religious leaders that we don't remember God's heart for the common person, for the everyday person. You know, I've always loved this verse. And once again, we see his care, his attention, and we see the response, um, favorable response toward him, all rolled up in the common people. Uh, the common people, the everyday people. Uh, we might call them the crowd, right? Not the prestigious, not the elite, not the one-offs, not the billionaires of the world unnecessarily. It's the common people. Now, I love this because a billionaire can be a common person, um, and very, very intelligent intellectual can be a common person. This is not attack on wealth. It's not an attack on position. It's not even an attack on intelligence. It's the heart of the matter because we even have Nicodemus, who was a ruler of the Jews, and the same came to Jesus by night. And we see him along with a very wealthy man, Joseph of Arimathea, who claimed the body of Christ after his crucifixion and prepared it for burial. So Jesus didn't say, never will a rich man enter into the kingdom of heaven. He said, seldom. He didn't say that uh, God rejected the wealthy, but he said the poor heard him gladly. It's the common people that heard him. It's the crowd, it's the average Joe, the everyday folks, that heart, that their hearts were attuned to Jesus Christ. So I believe the, you know, as a pastor, I believe the greatest compliment I ever get as a pastor, absolutely the greatest compliment, is when someone comes up to me and says, you know, I really understand what you are teaching. I understand the Bible when you preach and teach. I remember a fellow in our church and he had a, a wife who was not a believer and she really did not want to come to church with him and his kids. And he finally got her to come. And it was a Sunday morning, I saw her sitting out there by her husband and I thought, wow, she's here today. And I was preaching, she was just staring at me. She was staring at me so intently. 
and I'm thinking she's either hanging on every word or she really hates my guts. I mean, there was no break in it. Well, after the service, she came up to me and, and here was the profound statement she made to me. She said, I like hearing you talk. I understand what you are saying. Very short time after that, she came to faith in Jesus Christ. And uh, now she is a uh, faithful member of our church. Um, Victoria Hagler is who it is. And uh, so I remember that first day, Victoria came up to me with that simple, profound statement that she could understand what I was saying. You know what? That meant more to me than the praise of kings or presidents or anybody. Because I thought of Christ, how it was the common people who heard him gladly. Now, I'm not putting myself in the category with Jesus. Don't miss that. I'm just putting myself in the category of feeling like the best thing that I can do as a pastor is to give the word out where people can understand it. No better thing. So here is Jesus giving common wisdom to common people, and they heard him gladly. So the word for today, I thought about it, is this. Don't overthink what Jesus is saying to you today. Just believe it. Man, don't necessarily complicate it. Don't overthink it. Just believe it. All the common people heard was David called the Messiah Lord, therefore he must be Lord, and they're like, hey, we're good with that. The Pharisees, man, it just didn't match up with their theology. It didn't match up with their way of looking at it. And what did they do? They absolutely missed the blessing. So don't overthink what Jesus is saying to you today. Man, just believe it and receive it. Thank you for listening today to In the Word. Join us every Tuesday and Friday for new episodes as we continue our devotional journey through the New Testament.